Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to It's a Fandom Thing and our continued horror celebration. We are kicking off our week of vampire talk. So it's just two episodes covering vampires. Next year, we will probably cover the movie Fright Night. We might do Fright Night, the original, and then do the remake. So because I think Fright Night, the original, is one of the best vampire movies ever made. So I'd like to do this like every year, cover two vampire movies. But tonight we're not covering a particular movie. We're going to be talking about sex and the vampires. So vampires are all about sex, frankly. Um, I don't think you can talk about vampires and not talk about that. And I'm sure during our first year when we first had our first horror month, I know we covered vampires and I know we talked about this. So it might be a repeat of some of that stuff, but I wanted to delve a little deeper into that and talk about the sex appeal of vampires, the history of LGBTQIA plus uh, representation and also not representation and a lot of like homoerotic subtext that has existed throughout time with uh, vampires. Um, And then also talk a lot about the virgin trope and female sexuality and how female sexuality relates to the vampire. And we can also, depending on time, get into talking also, because this does have to do with that. Vampires also are very representative, especially in the 80s with the AIDS crisis. It was a big thing with you have the blood and everything kind of related to that. Uh, But I wanted to just quickly read a little bit from this thing on tvtropes.org. This article called uh, Vampires Are Sex Gods which I think pretty much says it all right there. And for some reason, the name of the author is not on here. So I will look for that and I'll make a correction here. So I'm not sure exactly who put this together, but it pretty much is talking about how vampires tend to have a lot of sex appeal. It may be because evil is sexy, but not all vampires are evil. So maybe it's because they're bad boys or sultry femme fatales. The blood sucking may be a great fetish source, something about a quick sting of pain followed by pleasure, or maybe they just figure hundreds of years of practice of lovemaking makes them really, really good at it. (laughs) Whatever the reason is, people find vampires arousing, and writers use that to please the fans and sometimes themselves. And this has gone back forever. The term vamp is, uh, you know, comes from vampires. 
Um, so we will get into all of that and talk about sort of different tropes we've seen, why we think the vampire is so sexy or is used in a lot of sexual tropes, um, and why sexuality is so central to this more than any other characters within horror films the vampire is the sex one the one that represents sexuality more than any of the other ones um and there are times of course when you will see movies and they're not sexy the vampires actually aren't sexy like in from dust till dawn for instance when those vampire when those characters turn into vampires i would not call those sexy vampires and there are of course other instances of that too uh, but for the for the most part, vampires are just ultra seductive. So before we dive into that, though, uh, before we sink our teeth into that, excuse me, and turn ourselves on. <laughs> I was going to be one of those nights. Yes, we're going to turn ourselves on, ladies and gentlemen. Woo-hoo. Um, woohoo! Yeah, uh, whips and chains. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I want to go around and ask everybody what they're into. And this is my panel that I have for my vampire week. So on both of our episodes. So Carla, what have you been sinking your teeth into lately? I already mentioned that I was into the book, the book eaters. And what I felt to mention when I was talking about it is that they have special teeth for eating books. So, you know, like vampires have the fangs and the, for the blood sucking, but anyway, so now I finished that book and and I'm reading um, the best of Richard Matheson and he is a fantasy and horror writer. He's written episodes of the twilight zone, like the original twilight zone. And uh, he wrote, I am legend and, and stuff like that. I hadn't read any of his stuff before. This is a collection of short stories and I am so it is so good I just it's spooky like I made the mistake (laughs) of of reading it of starting it like late at night and the first story was like so terrifying I was like I don't know that I should read anymore until there's daylight you know and perhaps other people around (laughs) but it's excellent and I'm really glad that I decided to pick this up awesome and just to let our listeners know because I understand why Carla is thinking this. The episode she mentions this, the book eaters on is actually our next episode. We already recorded it, but it's actually our next one. I am from the, from the future. <laughs> Vampires, you know, we have no concept of time. Exactly. <laughs> and also on both episodes, I've been wearing um, Lucky Brew, Jackie Daytona shirts, different shirts but with the same message, which is that Jackie Daytona is a regular human bartender. <laughs> if you know, you know. Okay. Well, and Sasha, what have you been drinking lately? Uh-huh. Well, I finished my, uh, my fairy porn. We already discussed that again. Future. In the future. <laughs> in the future. In the future, I will have finished the fairy porn because time travel. I am almost done, and I have to finish it tonight because I have to return it to the library. Damn book holds. Uh, The House and the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Clune, which is about a gentleman who works for the department in charge of magical youth, and he goes out to orphanages, heavy quotations, where magical youth are held because they're dangerous. 
Um, but this one in particular is where like the worst of the worst kids are housed and he has to go determine if they're going to stay in the orphanage or if they're going to close the orphanage. Uh, my favorite character is a six-year-old named Lucy. It is short for Lucifer. He is the Antichrist and he runs around saying, I am the harbinger of death and doom. And it's freaking adorable. We've got about 50 pages left in it. It is excellent. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So if you like magical youths, or if you like some possible, I'm not sure, queer romance that is being heavily hinted at that I'm hoping comes to fruition in the next 50 pages, because if not, I'm be real upset. <laughs> it's, it's a fun read. And it's light and, you know, it's not a heavy duty thing. So that's the book I'm into right now. Awesome. Man, this is the book week, man. <laughs> Um, except from, for me, but, uh, so Susie, are you recommending a book or no? Well, it's like book adjacent. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just recently watched one of my most favorite comfort movies, Pride, Prejudice and Zombies, which is a book, which is the movie adaptation of the, of the Jane Austen and Seth Graham Smith book, Pride, Prejudice and Zombies. <laughs> Both the book and the movie are, are worth uh, a read and a watch because they're just like, one of my favorite things. And it's great for spooky season. Yay! <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I have not read that book and I haven't seen that movie actually either. So I have the Blu-ray. I'll lend you it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and I'm not into a book. I apparently am not as cool as my other panelists. Yes, I know it was a movie that Susie mentioned too, but it's also a book. So I know I'm not as cool as my panelists this week. Well, I did watch this afternoon and I'm saying this as a way to promote something that's happening tonight. Uh, this is it, this episode is dropping on Wednesday, October 12th. So tonight you can come join us, me and my Finn crew, some of my Finn crew over on our YouTube channel for a live stream only discussion of the movie luckiest girl alive i am happy to say that despite this one review that was had the headline basically was saying it was a horrible awful movie i am happy to say i actually thought it was a great movie i i will say though if you watch this movie heavy 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 trigger warning in this one for um, sexual assault and for um, school shootings. So uh, make sure you are aware of that before you watch this one uh, because it could be very triggering. Um, but I thought it was really good. Mila Kunis is fan freaking tastic in this movie. So I recommend it for that. But I do understand if people don't like this movie, but I thought it was really good. I thought the performance was good. Some of the lines were amazing. And it is a tough watch, though. But once again, join us if you're listening this Wednesday and you want to listen to us talk about it. I don't know if I'll be the only one who liked it. I don't know yet. Come on over to our YouTube channel starting at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So that's 6 Pacific, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern. And we will dive into that movie. Okay, so let's get into Sex and the Vampire. So, Carla... This may be a stupid question, but why do you think sexuality is such a central theme in any, pretty much any vampire movie? I think there are just a lot of things about vampires themselves that 
is very sexy. So like starting just with the over sexiness of the idea of vampires, where, you know, a lot of these movies, one of the, the big tropes about vampires is, you know, they, they can't go out in the daylight. And nighttime is such a sexy time, you know, because, uh, you know, I, apparently sexy things don't happen in the daylight. I don't know. Like, I, you know, unless it's afternoon delight, who knows? But I, I'm just putting that out there. Maybe it, people didn't have started starting sexy times. Nooners. Until nooners, yes, until the, the song gave them the idea. They're like, huh, maybe we should try this, Esther. Oh, yes, Stan, maybe we should. But yeah, so, but nighttime. <laughs> Sorry, Thanks. just Esther and Stan. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't make fun of their names. Like that's those that's their lot in life. And you're gonna like punch down when they're already named that. Good lord. <laughs> um but nighttime is also, you know, darkness and dark corners and things happening in in, in a way that's half seen and um the seductiveness of obscuring you know, part of yourself, part of your body, just everything that's going on. So that that's one thing. Then there's also um, the way that vampires kill. When we think about a vampire killing, we usually think, you know, they bite your neck. And that is such an intimate and erotic way of getting close to somebody. I, I think if, you know, if vampire lore had it that they you know they suck the blood out of your heel and they'd be like mm, okay maybe maybe that's not so sexy Gross, unless you have a foot fetish yeah but i think that also very much narrows down the receptive audience like i'm just speculating i don't know that many people who with a with an achilles heel uh, achilles heel uh fetish but yeah like the, the neck it's it's such a sensitive part of the body it, it's such a um when you when you're looking at seduction scenes on tv it's like yes smash smash mouths and everything but it's also like the, the, the kisses on the neck and even the the more passionate quote-unquote but also more physically aggressive types of of kissing and necking involve you know yes the neck and then just the fact that you're exchanging bodily fluids that's that's a huge thing because I, th that's like yeah i know susie's making a face but there are other ways to exchange fluids that also talk that are also very about very much about sex but this is like one that is that you can put on the screen you know because you can't really put the other one on the screen unless you're making a very specific kind of movie and then you don't really get to be in major major, major theaters during family run times but this is one where, yeah, you can. And also it's easier to consume as literature in a more, um, uh, what's it called? Conservative era. And just overall their lifestyle, their, their lifestyle is very seductive because they can just, they can do what they want and get away with it because they're vampires. But you also have the the fact that that there are some limits to what they can do so that they don't get find, found out they don't get discovered and that kind of hiding can be also sexy like how many clandestine encounters take place and there's and they're um enticing because that it's taboo 
And taboo things often feel, you know, the more furtive something is, sometimes the, the more alluring it is. Um, and, you know, their entire everything is so taboo and sinful. And so is a lot of sex and sexual behavior. So it's it's just a really interesting type of monster that, yes, it's a monster, but also it's a monster that I think more people would want to try to be because you don't really see like a lot of people being like oh my wish in life is to be a mummy all i want is to be a mummy you know like there aren't really like mummy underground clubs you know like there aren't people running around like that um, you know about that i know about that's true it's a very way underground scene that's true maybe it's so underground like it's like deep underground in the sarcophagus underground Yeah. They just keep it very shh, shh. but you don't really see like gauze <laughs> flying off the shelves during during um gauze I don't know like flying up the well you never know you know, you know. Hey, like, yes I don't, I don't know but yeah yeah it's very true yeah uh so <laughs> Sasha why do you think sexuality is such a central theme piggybacking off of Carla's uh, nobody wants to be mummies I think of all of the monsters just going for like typical universal monsters right like Mm -hmm. let's let's look at them like you're right nobody wants to be a mummy that's just a weird super underground let's keep it wherever it is werewolves are that raw violent they rip people apart you know that's that whole serial killer's like that's how they justified serial killers was oh the werewolf myth makes sense because you don't want to think of people being that aggressively violent vampires on the other hand are this very fluid romanticized idea if you skip over the glaring teeth penetrate to bite like if you skip over the glaring blatant penetration euphemisms right yes yeah, Carla showed it perfectly. That's exactly how it happens. Just like that. <laughs> I'm glad to be able to demonstrate for you. That was amazing. I can't. Thank you. I cannot put it into words, you know. But vampires are that embodiment. I think they started, and I could be wrong, but I think they started as that embodiment of female sexuality. Like, we don't want to talk about it. It happens. We don't want to talk about it because we don't want people to know women think about it or that women are you know these super sexual women were for breeding really way Mm -hmm. back and so I think that a lot of it is trying to subtly bring that out because for me in my small world of monsters I see vampires as way more and it's not feminine in the like feminine way but they're a softer monster if that makes sense they're not as aggressive as like the creature from the black lagoon or the swamp thing or the mothman who comes out in the woods or the jersey devil or any of those other critters vampires are more fluid they're very you know they can turn into bats and flit away they poof into smoke depending on which lore you follow we will not discuss future versions of vampires that will happen on a later episode that upset me because grandpa is not a vampire oh i'm like what are you talking about (laughs) 
No, I didn't. Refuse to acknowledge. Refuse to acknowledge that everybody's going to be listening to this, going, Grandpa. What the hell? Listen to the lost, to the lost boys when they'll connect all the dots and be like, Yep. Now they're going to have to listen to it. (laughs) Yes. Up in your listenership. Um, Yeah. So it's basically just with those grandpa teasers. Oh, grandpa teaser, grandpa teaser. Don't listen to these people. They are, they don't know That's what they're talking the about. Comes in. Oh no. God. I've, I'm completely derailed at this point. Um, Sorry, vampires, okay. sexuality, female. That's all I got. Sorry, Sasha. Sorry. Totally fine. I derailed myself. It's all good. Susie. I derailed myself too. Well, I hope you had fun. Oh. <laughs> hey, we're talking about sex on here, dudes. <laughs> so, Susie, do you have any thoughts about this? Yeah, vampires are always, it's it's always interesting that vampires are so associated with sexuality because they are, there has to be something, I think, inherently sexual about them, especially for them to sort of um, entrance their prey. Because, like, like, like Sasha mentioned before, werewolves will chase after their prey and tear them apart. Mummies are going to really slowly walk towards you, <laughs> just amble after you, or even greet you from the Black Lagoon. It's going to pull you underwater. That's not a pleasant time because <laughs> I don't want to get drowned. But there is something very, like, sensual about this enigmatic stranger that you don't know a lot about and you don't really understand the reason why you're attracted to them but you're still attracted to them anyway and they pull you in towards them and in a way that kind of like puts you in this kind of like vulnerable position and then you literally open yourself up to them and it it turns into (laughs) them actually taking a bite out of you and there's something very just very interesting about that and I think it also plays back into like I think part of um so in the Dracula novel, when Jonathan first, first meets Dracula, the, Dracula looks like a really old man. He's really old and decrepit, but still, but oddly enough, Jonathan is still in some way oddly, maybe not necessarily attracted, but still um, pulled towards him because he's this older man who's seen a lot of the world and presents himself in his very aristocratic way and that's also something that I think is really interesting about that how vampires are also portrayed is that almost always they have some form of wealth attached to them they always have like these grandiose clothes they live in these like immense beautiful houses and they're always aristocratic in some way and you don't really see that a lot with any other monster in in a way that wealth is also in itself and that sophistication is also alluring as well so I just, when you think about all the different things that kind of go into forming kind of the vampire's sexuality, you do see, you, you can start to see like where and how it's all like comes together to make this, this monster that is really very alluring. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and there are people who do practice this kind of stuff in real life. There are like clubs, there are, there's a church. I did a whole research paper on this years and years ago. It's it's amazing how how much is out there. And it's not they don't go around like killing people, but 
Some of them do drink blood. Some of them do do energy stuff where they suck the energy from other people. You know, like Carla said, there aren't a lot of other monsters or creatures that are featured in horror films that are like worshipped like a vamp like vampires are in this way. And it really is, I think, the sexuality and also the freedom, I think, that vampires represent too. Like you can be as free with your sexuality as you want to be if you're a vampire and you're not going to be punished for it per se, although you could look at never dying as in a way a kind of a punishment and having to drink blood as kind of a punishment, you know, so and not being able to be in the sun and that kind of stuff. But it still is you're free and you are able to be sexual and you're able to be sexual in a way that maybe society doesn't want you to be. And I think, you know, it really comes into play when you're talking about, you know, LGBTQIA plus and then also with women too, uh, with having that worth not being pure and having these scenes of like, you know, just like there's something about that with the blood. I'm not saying like, blood is at all attractive it's just there's something about that where it's like basically it is this thing that is flowing through you it's red it's um life it represents life it's this life force and so you have something that is not alive is dead a vampire is dead and taking life force from someone through their blood but in this very sexual manner where it's like they're getting off on it and there's so much pleasure to it you know there's lots of scenes you will see in vampire movies and vampire television shows where people are covered in blood and having like amazing sex or orgasming or you know stuff like that while they're killing somebody and so it's just always been associated they're just always just like kind of go hand in hand and it is this thing where like you get entranced by them, like usually the way they're presented in films, not always, but usually they are presented as very attractive. They know how to hold themselves. They don't seem to really necessarily have any kind of bias. That's the other thing is it's like this thing of like, you are a warm body, you're attractive, you're a human being, you're sexual, you're an adult, so... Uh, yeah, let's have some fun. So it's never this thing of like, you don't feel like if you are maybe not the typical person that maybe you would think this person would be attracted to, it doesn't matter, they still will be attracted to you. And of course, there's always that seduction thing where they can like overpower you and just seduce you just by looking at you. And yes, the neck is very vulnerable place. And even other places that you will see vampires bite sometimes down yeah the wrist and also the legs in between your legs well you know upper upper you will definitely for that see that femoral artery yeah and you'll get but, that good yeah, blood it's so sexual in the way it's done and even the blood looks sexual in any vampire movie even the way it comes out um even the teeth you know of course the penetration and there's some phallic elements to that of course but it's also Oh, this, it's kind of like, you know, this is the stuff you're not supposed to do, but you want to do it. It's intriguing. And, you know, I prefer when vampires are sexy in movies. I, I love From Dust Till Dawn, but 
I prefer my vampires to be sexy. It's just part of the lore that appeals to me. So, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, well, let's start with LGBTQIA representation because this has basically been the case since vampires have existed, that this has been part of the lore, whether it's explicit or not. Most of the times it's not explicit. So we'll talk about that first, the homoerotic themes that you will see in movies like Interview with the Vampire, which I have not gotten a chance because I can't watch it yet. Um, The TV show Empire... Empire interview with the vampire, but I hear that one is very overtly. I think with I I believe I could be wrong, but I believe like there is more of a relationship with Lestat and Lewis. I don't know if anyone on my panel has watched the show yet, but I hear it's fantastic and it's a lot more blatant with that. And then of course the Last Boys, which we won't talk about too much because that's our next episode and we talk about it there. And then um, Fright Night, both the original and the remake are very overtly. They also fall into the virgin part. And I'll talk about that a little bit more with that. So there are other examples, of course, too. So Carla, what are your thoughts on how the vampire mythology has handled this side of it? Like both positive and negative? Or Well, starting with the positive, between puritanical prudishness and things like the the Hays Code and just a lot of ways in which people living their lives squicks out other people. There are a lot of times when representation is presented in a covert way and it's no different in vampire stories which is of course I mean not just unfortunate it's it's awful with vampires, it's easy to get around that because, again, like we've said, vampires have to be seductive. One of the, the things with, the vampi- with vampires, it's not so much that they necessarily always ask for consent, but they lure you in. So they're, they're bringing you to them where you make yourself vulnerable to them. That's a, a preface to say that that's an acceptable way to present people who are not heterosexual coming together where you know it's um yes they are about to like possibly take your life but the the lighting the the way that that they're shot like the angles at which they're shot are very erotic and that's true especially i think when it's you know two women or two men being shown on on the screen in, in vampire shows and movies and everything like for example you know with with the lost boys that movie comes out at the height of the AIDS epidemic. You have 
a lot of uh, like um interview with the vampire the book came out around then as well so th there there are just a lot of ways of representing the attraction and and the sensuality in a way that's not going to create censorship for your art or for your representation but on the other hand i think especially when it comes to to the, the when when they show women who are vampires it's so male gazy it's a lot of cleavage and a lot of revealing clothing a lot of booksomeness and and you know just uh, all of the things that you think of when you think of the male gaze are very present in representation of women who are vampires in a way that's not the same when and it's more um more overt as well it's 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 less diminished than it with two men with interview with the vampire the movie you didn't really see louis and um and lestat like really about to get it on it's it's very heavily implied and it's it's very clearly there that there's a relationship that that goes beyond you know roomies with fangs but you don't really have the same thing with representations of women those are a lot more overt because of that titillation of, of oh it's two girls kissing so it's okay and i was reading i didn't get to read the the whole study it's called the humanization of the vampire and the dehumanization of the, of the queer community by sebastian gonzalez and it's a thesis for like a, a, a master's degree uh, from 2021 and it's very interesting because what the what this talks about is that and i'll quote from it directly it says i would argue that the sexualization to humanize the vampire has also caused a dehumanization of both the vampire and the queer community both of these are also seen by some as no more than a fetish be it of control of curiosity of the unknown and strange but also of what is considered different or even taboo and i think that you know th th that's getting into the con side where you know um both vampirism and non-straight sexualities are considered aberrations and they're considered considered by some people to be monstrous elements in our midst there are a couple of of, of depictions of vampires where they lure very young people so there's that that myth of of grooming and that trying to further demonize an already demonized group of people so it, it's it's it cuts both ways i think but i think that more recently we're getting better depictions of vampires that are overtly very gay and that the the two things are not they're not entwined in a negative way you know that because it's more overt you're just experiencing them as representations of queerness without the added taboo element because like for example in the show what we do in the shadows or the movie what we do in the shadows these vampires are just out there living their lives they're clueless as hell but the reason that they're so enjoyable is that okay yes they may be killing a lot of people but they're just goofy people who are just being vampires and because they're they're goofy and they're enjoyable it, it kind of lessens the the tabooness 
of their sexuality. You know, like, because it's not the only representation or it's not the only way in which they are, their sexuality is represented. For example, in the show, what we do in the shadows, Laszlo from the very first episode is like telling you, yes, I, I my good lady wife, Nadia and I, but also I had a, a, um, a this amazing affair with Baron Ephanas. But those things are not one and the same. It's just he happens to not be straight and he happens to be a vampire but they're also human characters who are also not straight and i think that that's important because removing the the taking it out of subtext and putting it in a very present textual way makes it less harmful a form of representation, at least in my eyes. Um, I'm, I'm still, like I said, I haven't finished that reading that entire um, thesis, but it's very interesting the way that, that that's presented. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it 100%, but I can see where that's coming from. But I, I do also think that, again, because of how things were for queer people in the past, especially, those representations needed to get out there because this is something that you know it's it's burning inside of 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 somebody it needs to come out somehow and it happens to come out in a way that um that won't get them censured or censored and sasha again going back to vampires being these sexy critters that you know are going to try and lure you and all of that i think the original representation was problematic. The first lesbian vampire uh, appeared in a novella in 1871, and she was a predatory lesbian. So it was like this rar. Mm-hmm. You can't see my T-Rex hands, but it's rar, rar. Um, <laughs> but I think over the evolution of time, the like representation of LGBT community in vampires is just because we everything is more open and accepted and they they're getting more representation and it's not necessarily a predatory representation like you know talking about what we do in the shadows i haven't seen the series but at least in the movie it's like they're just you're gay you got turned into a vampire you're now a gay vampire like it's not that's who you are so i think we're shifting that way. The one comment, because I know Aaron, you mentioned, you know, the AIDS um, epidemic and all of mm-hmm. that. And in the film Blade, yeah, when Deacon Frost, uh, who by the way is super hot, oh fuck yeah, Steve, Stephen Dorff is, <laughs> oof. oh fuck um, yeah, Stephen Dorff was, but, oh my gosh, I had a thing for that guy. Yeah, <laughs> he <A>. was. <laughs> He's he kind was, of a. I think he's a douche, but <laughs> oh yeah, he's a horrible. But anyways, he's a vampire. So the whole blade <laughs> mythology is there's like born vampires and turned, and he's confronting the doctor, the immunologist doc. She's not an immunologist. I just totally mislabeled her. Whatever the doctor, and she's like, <laughs> "You're a virus. You're a sexually transmitted disease." And she calls him out for that. And I think that was kind of a side comment about where things were and i know blade was like the late 90s so we were past 
but still AIDS pandemic, but it was still a very fearful HIV was still a very fearful thing. Um, I also want to point out that vampires are alive for a really long time. How are you not going to experiment with, with <laughs> things like you're alive for 5,000 years and you're going to tell me not once, not once really Gerald, not once. Come on. You know, you got bored in true blood. I think they show a bunch of scenes with different vamps that are, you know, same gender drinking blood, different gender drinking blood. It's not, it's about the, what I need um, in some of those scenes in true blood. And it's not a sexual thing. It's just like, I need food or I'm going to die. So you are now my blood bag, just going to drink from you. So I think there are several things, several more current movies and series that do a better job with representation i think the further back you go and especially in novels and story versions there's a lot more of that fear and that predatory kind of response did that answer the question at all no it answers it very well and i think you know with that with that predatory thing it's like you know you if you if you go that if you don't stay straight if you're not going to be straight right. you're going to turn into this monster and you're going to be evil and you're going to kill other people and that's if you the, have sex with these spicy women yes turn you into a to, vampire you're going to turn evil yes. yeah it's this yeah it's definitely yeah, yeah and thank you for bringing up blade too because i do think that not blade too but blade as well <laughs> We mentioned Blade too. Just brief. We didn't really get into it. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yes, Deacon Frost. Whew, one of the sexiest vampires in the whole town. Oh my God. Okay, anyway, Aaron will need a moment. But while I take that moment, Susie, take it away. I don't know how much else I can add because like Carla and Sasha have like have put this have put this so well. It's I mean other just than just to say like yes. Um, in previous iterations of vampire depictions, they have been presented as this kind of like forbidden kind of sexual sort of fantasy where it's like, oh, don't go, don't go with the vampires because if you do, bad things might happen. Bad things are going to happen to you. You can't do it. You can't do it. If, if you're a good person, you'll stay away from that and you'll avoid this trouble falling in with the wrong crowd. But what I do like about more recent depictions of vampires and sort of vampirism is that it is becoming a little bit more kind of open and, and more accepting where like I, I personally have not seen the new Interview with the Vampire series, but from stuff that I've heard from friends that have watched it and from stuff that I've read online is that it is a lot more kind of overt with its with its themes and the relationship between um, Louis and Lestat. And like, like Carla and Sasha have mentioned before, in the series, uh, what we do in the shadows, I think that does a really great job at just, at just depicting sexuality as like not, that it's not the only thing that vampires are. Like that's just, and just like humans are, that's just an aspect of them. It's not their whole being. Like they, there's, there's mentions of um, Laszlo where where he's mentioned that yes he's he has he loves his wife with like all his heart but then he also has other extramarital relationships and she has other extramarital relationships it's because our marriage is very open and but it's also very loving and accepting and I think that's something really good to see 
in media nowadays, especially because most of times relationships like that are either demonized or really not depicted as well. And what I really like about what we do in the shadows is that it does a really good job of just presenting it as just like, this is just, this is just how they live their lives. And they have fun, wacky adventures along the way. And they're pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll just point to a few scenes and a few things, but, and I also want to say once again, I, I was rewatching interview with the vampire, which you can watch interview with the vampire right now is on, is on Tubi. I want to say, you know, I know we've, give crap about the commercial placement on Tubi and these other places, but Tubi is an amazing service because Tubi is free and that's why there's so many commercials. And Tubi has a lot of movies that are very hard to find. And their collection of vampire films is really good. And they have a a, a lot of vampire films that are more queer centered as well. They also have great Asian horror going back to that. They have a great Asian horror selection. Uh, but they have Interview with the Vampire on there right now. And I was watching it the other day. And, and once again, I will say that movie becomes very boring when Lestat is not in it. And I know a lot of people hated that Tom Cruise got cast in that role. But he's actually pretty fantastic. And I think the reason it gets boring is, and this is why you wish it was more overt, is Lestat is such a sexual character in a way where he is just completely... 120,000 percent comfortable in his skin i mean he's been dead forever so of course he is and he's comfortable in who he is and he does not think of you know whereas louis is like so flipping annoying oh my god i hate that character so much and whereas so he's, much whining yes i do not like whiny vampires i'm like god i do not that's one of my biggest pet peeves i'm not a fan <coughs> angel of, yeah <laughs> i'm not a fan of the brooding vampire you know it's like oh my gosh get over it so you know bill compton is also like that and you know all that I I prefer the vampires to be like this is who I am and they embrace it and they're like fuck yeah I'm a vampire it fucking rocks man and Lestat is like that you know I mean in the end this is a you should know the ending of this I don't care that's spoiling this in the end the interviewer you know is like wants to be a vampire and he's driving over you know the Golden Gate Bridge and then Lestat appears and he's like I, I love this so much and he's like finally coming back into who he is, looking better. And, you know, the interviewer is listening to the interview with Louie. And he's like, oh my gosh, I had to listen to this whining for so long. And it's such, it's like what you've wanted to say the whole movie. And it's amazing. And I know that's kind of off the subject, but the reason I'm just saying that is I think that a character like Lestat would not hide his sexuality ever because he does not care he's like this is who i am and i am going to be who i am fully and so it is that's where the problem comes in because when you have a character like that who is so overtly themselves in every other way to not have them be shown as overtly sexual in every every aspect not to show any kind of queer aspect of their relationship with other people is disingenuous and doesn't follow along with when you have a character that's so open and overtly who they it's one of he's one of my favorite vampires and so it's sad that in the movies it's not that in the movie it's not explored that way because it should be 
you know, because if he's going to be overt, overt about everything else, he would be about that. He just would. It just it wouldn't make sense. And then another scene I, I want to point to, and, I, and I'm a fan of, of Fright Night, both the original and the remake. I know some people don't like the remake. I do. It's probably my bias because I love Colin Farrell. But there is, <laughs> thank you, Sasha. There is a scene in this when Colin Farrell is getting ready to turn Ed. And they're in a pool. Has everyone seen the remake of Fright Night, by the way, on my panel? Oh, Carla hasn't. But y you have, Susie? Okay, so Carla, I'm going to spoil something. I'll, I'll give you the thumbs up when we're done. So they're in the pool and Ed is scared at first and Colin Farrell is coming towards him and it's 110% a seduction scene. He is seducing this teenage boy. So that is where the problems of grooming can come in that was talked about before or like portraying people that um, in, the, in the queer community as being predators. So that's a little bit iffy, even though it's, you know, I think the film is like, we're not really doing that, but you are. You're pre he's a predator and he's very sexy and he's using his sexuality to seduce a young boy. And, you know, it, it, it's the case in the original too, but not to this degree, I think. And that's what's so interesting and kind of problematic about the remake is that, you know, this is a teenager. <laughs> So it's just, it's really, uh. But Aaron, I think that's the problem with a lot of the vampire stuff, right? Because well, yeah. the Vampire Diaries, Twilight, you have these 150-year-old vampires going after 16-year-old yeah. girls. You're like, creeper, 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 yes. radar, bells, whistles, red flags, no red flags. We like the red flags. Okay. Yes. Like, it's an ongoing Buffy, all of them. Oh yeah, and and with the with the female character as well in Fright Night, it's, it's the same too. So yeah, Susie, did, were you going to add something on that? Oh yeah, no. This is just a little bit of an aside. Um, if I was Edward, I would have not chosen to date a child. I would have chosen to commit credit card fraud instead. Because <laughs> you because <laughs> you were going to live expecting. If you have mind reading powers and you're going to live that long, I would just like wait outside, like either like the mall or grocery stores, and make sure people remember their pin, and then you just speed by them with your vampire super speed and steal their wallets, and then you just go commit massive amounts of credit card fraud. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Wow. <laughs> that was I just saying. I was he, he was this. living life wrong. For many, I cannot stand that character either. So I, I don't like those movies. They're so uh, that's that's another whiny flipping vampire. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. I think that's the only instance of vampires that I've seen where they're absolutely not sexual in any way whatsoever. No, and the fact that they go to flipping high school still, I'm like, why are you going to high school? You're why would vampire for all of eternity? Why is this what you would do? no no that's not uh, learn a trade and join the workforce okay <laughs> don't let carlisle just carry you like oh he's a very important doctor so he makes all the money um carry your weight some <laughs> doctors yourselves become the prodigies or something i don't know yeah start counting yes. cards and go to vegas <laughs> yes there you go edward could have gone to vegas and made bank off the slot machines I now that's a family business yep absolutely <laughs> alice could have seen the future and been like "Ooh, all right this is the one we go to and just you know, yes yeah. 
and there are enough of them that they could have cycled yeah but no <laughs> let's just go to high school for the rest of our lives yeah it's pretty stupid but but back to this part with, with vampires it there is a lot of representation that is more positive now um i will say if you watch the documentary um queer for fear yes on um shutter i've only watched the first episode so i can't speak to the subsequent episodes yet but they do say in there you know uh, some of the people they've spoken to say you know when you are queer and you don't see representation of course you are going to glom onto this representation and um horror films in general because of the fact that the the character that is being presented as evil or the monster is actually the one that a lot of people who have felt ostracized in society actually cling to because they understand that feeling and I, i'm not at all excusing like bad stuff just that i just think that's interesting that you will hear people say that 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 actually that they actually enjoy that because it is seeing that and then also seeing that character taking power and control and having some kind of control and say in their life and being able to be have power over people that might bully them as well so yeah so just i mentioned on that and with the positive because i know you know we've already started talking about the positive so i'll just mention the hunger again which because this was earlier this was in the 80s and this is like a cult classic so it didn't like do huge box office numbers it's a very different kind of vampire movie it's very atmospheric it's very much you know Bauhaus has featured heavily the 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 band and they're in the club in the beginning has everybody on my panel seen the hunger Carla hasn't seen this one either <laughs> David Bowie's in it man he's a vampire <laughs> It was so nice when Carla was allowed on the podcast. I really miss her. <laughs> it's it's on HBO Max from all of the episodes. It's on yeah. HBO Max right now, but it's it's fantastic. Okay. But I I I am gonna spoil something in here. I don't know if Carla wants to hear it or not. But so there is a a sex scene between Susan Sarandon's character and Catherine Deneuve's character and it is also about her you know Susan Sarandon becoming a vampire and all that stuff too and when this first was going to happen they very much wanted this to be um you know the filmmakers were like well we're going to make this very much where this is something that Susan Sarandon's character actually doesn't want to do so it's going to be presented more predatory like a predator thing and Susan Sarandon said, we are not going to do that because, number one, who in the hell would turn Catherine Deneuve down? She is fucking hot as hell. And number two, it's just not a good way to present this. So she's like, "I want this has to be very, very consensual. And I think that's what sets that film apart during that time is that it's a very consensual scene and relationship. And it it makes it sexier and it makes everything after that sexier. So, yeah. I will also say there is a movie called Black as Night that is on Amazon Prime. And it does, it is queer inclusive. And it's also not just Lily White. So I also want to throw that out there for that reason, too. It takes place in New Orleans. And it's an interesting little flick. So I recommend that one. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, let's go on to the way female sexuality is handled in vampire flicks and the virgin trope and the seduction of the virginal female, really. So, Carla, how do you think female sexuality is handled? Poorly. Next. (laughs) Next. (laughs) That's it. Just poorly. I think that just as... Ditto. (laughs) It's going to be the shortest section. I love it. Look at us being so, so quick with this. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Go and edit, Erin. We're done here. (laughs) But the the reason that I say that, though, is as a larger part of the way that that sexuality for women is presented, represented so poorly that it's either for the male gaze or it's not worth presenting at all. And like I was saying before, you look at the representation and it's more for Uga Ugas with the bazookas than <laughs> for a thoughtful discourse on sexuality. Uga Ugas with the bazookas. With the bazookas. With the bazookas. Holy moly. Con las pechugas, si quieres, como sea. Pero lo que importa, the important thing. <laughs> Susie. <laughs> Susie gets it. As far as the, the the virgin trope, we go back to the idea that um that this form of sexuality, uh, which is the queer form of sexuality, is forbidden and it's taboo. And the reason that it's so titillating watching this virginal person being tempted is it's like shoving in your face how how dirty it can be like how aberrant it is and how um you know you're going to be tainted not just you're going to be turned into a creature of the night but you will be tainted because as a woman you should be pure and innocent and virginal and that's you know we were talking about twilight and how unsexed that movie is and it's partly because as much as like bella is trying to take edward's pants off he's like no bella i want us to wait until we are married and bella's like okay but my loins are saying now and Edward's like no if it's not with a ring we shall not be having the sex and Bella's like, all right, fine then. So they get married and they boink immediately and she has like a baby within like three weeks. But it, it's again like that that virginal thing where, you know, she is, they, they talk constantly in the in the books, in the movies about how, how white she is. Like she's like so pale and she could probably, she could practically pass for a vampire already like without even being dead. Ho oh, ho, cause she's so, she's like, ready for portland like she came from arizona but like she left her tan there but I, I think that that's also like another element of of that purity of that whiteness that you know 
she's not just white in skin it's like also white in her soul and she's untainted by peen or fang so <laughs> <laughs> like susie's like running out of breath over there <laughs> Untainted um, by peen or fang. Or fang. She has not been penetrated in any way. <laughs> that that should have been the tagline for the <laughs> <laughs> for the first Twilight movie. But we'll, uh, up to the, the last one. Unpenetrated. Yeah. Bella Swan unpenetrated. Anyway, but the, the, her just the artificial value of virginity in society as a whole. And um, I think especially in christianity like i i'm not an expert in other religions but i have been an expert in christianity in some form or another for all of my school years and yes if you're not a virgin you are wrong like there's something wrong with you there's something something tainted in you something dirty and disgusting um so the, the that i think this carries into the presentation of women and vampires and how coveted the virgins are and even in in like what we do in the shadows which i've you know i have so much praise for this show but the the blood that they like the most is virgin blood and it's like a whole gag in the show that um guillermo uh nandor's familiar and he like overfishes the virgin pool in staten island it's hilarious you have to watch it but how is virgin blood more pure than any other blood fictionally that's how and it's the same thing with with people virgins are no more pure of heart than the penetrateds you know like or even not penetrateds whatever you way you do your sex like being a virgin is not a, a, a virtuous thing it's just a thing that we're told is virtuous particularly for women Yes. Like Carla's recovery there. Whatever you do, your sex. <laughs> yes, your sex it. looks. Yes, you, you exactly. Don't... Penetrative, non-penetrative. Yes, you can still be sexual and never be penetrated. Yes. <laughs> exactly. No, but I just love that she's like, but we need to back to yes, that. I thought about it. Because I thought about it. I was like, like well, that, that's that's not very fair. Not everybody does penetrative sex and they still yep. have sex. So yep. but anyway, like, fair like, enough on us. He go. has sex and you he can't penetrate anything. Man has no genitals. He's like no a Ken doll, but still he gets it on. Yes. In fact, not just as that, he's the best because he, okay, well, well you know, he, he does other stuff. He has other stuff he can do and he does it well, apparently. Oh. I think I know what that <laughs> other stuff is. So, <laughs> Cunnilingus. <laughs> I was like, you don't have to say it, but thank you for saying it. No, no. I mean, we're talking about sex here. So let's talk about sex. And the vampires, <laughs> not baby. Let's so Sasha. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> let's let's talk about you and me. And me. No, let's talk about the vampires. So, Sasha, <laughs> your thoughts on this? So, I think the virgin bit goes back, like if you're going back in vampire lore to um, Elizabeth of Bathory, right? She's the one who wanted to bathe in virgin blood because she thought it would keep her young so original female vampire that's her she sacrificed a ton of virgins i also think that virgins are always the ones that get sacrificed for everything because it's a it's the yep. innocence you have to sacrifice mm -hmm. the innocence to defeat the evil mm -hmm. and i don't know that it's 
necessarily like the virgin that makes them innocent, but they're young, right? And so that's, you're not going to sacrifice a 40-year-old virgin. I mean, Steve Carell's not going to get sacrificed. Good luck. Godspeed. Don't know what to tell you. Everybody like, would it's... hear it when they're ripping off his hair. They'd be like, <laughs> right? Oh my I God, mean... there he is. <laughs> yep. Quick, go get him. Sacrifice him. Chuck him into the volcano. <laughs> One thing I never thought would be mentioned during this episode is Steve Carell and 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> Don't count anything no, out. <laughs> it just fell out of my brain. I am flying off the cuff here. I don't even have notes. I have nothing. I'm just like spouting random brain knowledge. So that's what I got. Um, I cannot help you. It's a That Sunday. was awesome, though. It was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> but I think it's the whole innocence for the virgin blood trope it's the idea of innocence because again it doesn't the virginity i mean that's an extreme example but you know i think i made my point on that the i got nothing i don't know i ditto to carla i'm out <laughs> i'm out yes. no you're amazing you've, you've you've done some you've said some really great stuff especially you worded good i worded good words hard Hard, hard word, word, hard, nap, nap, hard, nap, hard, 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 I'm so glad I was muted because I just snorted. <laughs> that was amazing. Do you know how long I've been waiting to slip that in? Pun not intended. <laughs> That's what she said, or he said. That's what they said. That's what they, yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> so That's something I always found interesting in media is just how much of an emphasis, like, just so many different kinds of lore has on virgins <laughs> mm -hmm. you see it in you see it in witchcraft you see it in unicorn mythology dragon mythology werewolves vampires it's all it's it's this all this really big emphasis on like if you are pure if you are untouched then you are pure because yeah it does come back to the very much of the um of the innocence and being in a way i think it goes back to kind of the the whole tabula russa of it all where you're just a blank slate and you haven't really been affected by any of any of the world at a certain point and i think that can only apply if you're a child which is why i think it's kind of weird that we're focusing on the rigidity of grown people because <laughs> because listen we no none of us die a virgin because life screws us all in the end in some way or another it's just how i feel <laughs> so that would be my personal argument if if I were ever to be vampicided, vamp, vamp, vampized upon. It's like, excuse me, no. It's, I have counter arguments. I would be the most annoying like meal to a vampire because I would just not stop talking. <laughs> and I would just end up with endless questions. I'm going to go again to Fright Night because in both versions of Fright Night, Jerry, the main vampire, Jerry, which is a terrible name for a vampire, um, which is mentioned quite a few times, uh, Jerry eats apples throughout, throughout both movies. He's seen eating apples. It's the only other thing he eats other than, than me and my dreams. But no, <laughs> 
whoa. <laughs> but, you know, the reason Jerry eats apples originally was because Chris Sarandon, who played Jerry in the original Fright Night, he was like studying vampires and vampire bats and how bats eat a lot of, you know, fruit and eat stuff. And he's like, so I think I would eat apples. But the way the apple is eaten, I really do think that relates to virginity and a sexuality and especially with um, the girlfriend. And also, you could also say with Charlie, too, in a way. So I, th so I just wanted to bring up that because I just think it's a very interesting thing to have the vampire eating apples and eating apples the way he does is not a way you normally see people eat apples. <laughs> I don't know. I never thought I'd talk about apples so much in my life, but here we are. <laughs> but I think, you know, and also there's another scene I wanted to point to. Were you going to add something on there, Sasha, about apples? You know, taking a bite of the apple. It's the dangerous apple. The Yes. It's I was going to say, you're, here we are talking about apples and we're talking about Steve Carell on vampires and sexuality. Like apples and 40-year-old virgin. Uh -huh. Everything just works so well together. I was going to say, at least it's not about snails again. Oh, my God. <laughs> snail propaganda. Uh, remember, you can pick up It's a Snail Thing in our Redbubble store. But I wanted to point to another scene of a movie that the only other person I know that has seen this movie is Sasha. And I will share this scene, the steak tartare scene from Waxwork. Waxwork is not all about vampires. It's about these teenagers in the 80s going to a waxwork and the things come to life and you get pushed in there and you live out the scenario and then you become part of the waxworks. Well, one of them does involve a vampire. And when the character who is visiting the waxwork in the present day in the 80s, when she gets pushed in there and then it's back into like, I think like the 1700s or 1600s, I don't know what time period. And she's wearing a very white, crisp, virginal dress. She's wearing like basically like a wedding dress almost. And she's at this table with other vampires and then the head vampire. So there's female vampires, male, male vampires, and the head vampire is a male vampire. And they're eating steak tartare, which is actually just human flesh and blood. And they're eating it and the blood is dripping on their face and it's getting all messy and gross. And the lead vampire is like, no, let's stop that. Let's stop that. And she goes to eat that. And it's this very sexual scene. She eats the meat and a little tiny drop of blood is in the corner of her mouth. And a little bit of it later gets later when she's f trying to fight off the vampire and she ends up dying. Spoiler. Sorry, but hey, it's not that great of a movie. I love that movie. I've seen it a hundred times, but it's not that great. And the red gets all over her white virginal dress. And so it's very much like that. And this is not a character, though. I do want to stress the character in the movie is not at all the virginal one. That's what's also interesting about it. She is act actually portrayed as the quote unquote slut. And so then you've got her in the vampire mythology. and She's instantly transported to this virginal character, you know. So it's it's once again, even in just a movie that's not even about vampires completely, you have that trope again where it is the the man taking from the woman and not even a man, the evil that is this abomination. This is an abomination that goes against, you know, the crosses are supposed to stop vampires. So you've got this abomination that goes against religion. It's basically satanic to a lot of people. So you've got 
this satanic pool, really, for a woman without marriage, without, um, you know, with, with giving her consent and it not being about the man completely, is giving over to these carnal desires. And so when she does, that virginal white stuff becomes red with blood. So I just think that that scene in that movie, which I, I'm giving it a lot more credit as being deeper than it really is. But that scene really, I think, could be held up as the perfect way of showing the virginal, the, the virgin trope within vampire lore. And of course, I mean, and you have it, like we've already said in Twilight, it's there and it's more disturbing because of the fact that you that she's being stalked by him but it's portrayed as a as a good thing you know so of course because it's portrayed as a good thing then they're not going to show it being sexual plus she's way too young for him i mean he's like what four thousand years old or something i don't know <laughs> i don't know how old edward is he's been shining a long time yeah they've graduated high school 783 times congratulations yeah high school is so miserable why do you want to go back there at least go to college. Yeah. Where you can like right? drink and people would be like, oh, that's cool. That's fine. We're like normal. Like you can go to bars. Not just college, but community college. Because you could be there for years and no one can yes. suspect a thing. That's yes. very true. All the like community students. Yes, there that's, you go. That's what community is really about. <laughs> vampires. <laughs> that's where it came from. <laughs> that would be quite a twist. The movie. That's what's going to happen in the movie. It's going to reveal they're all vampires. Well, we've already been completely not serious. I mean, we've been talking about some good things. I do think this was a fun conversation, though. But I want to end before we get to our lovely Finn Whitrock segment, which I don't know if anybody else has prepared one. Um, Sasha is hiding, so I guess she hasn't. And if Susie hasn't, well, you know, what's going to happen to Susie? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Voted off the island. No vampire nookie for you. <laughs> so, Carla, I want to know, just for fun, any vampire in film, what vampire would you want to bite you? Spike. Spike. William the Bloody. Spike. Yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. James Marsters in, like, the bleach blonde hair, that amazing leather trench coat, and those cheekbones. And he can sing, let me sleep, let me rest in peace. We can do it in his crypt. We can do it in my house. I don't care. Knock down a couple of buildings. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I knew Carla was going to say this, so I'm not To the surprise of no Aaron. <laughs> I'm not positive on my other two panelists. I have, I have inklings of ideas. So, Sasha... Well, since Spike is already busy, I, so this is going to get a little weird, so work with me. I'm going to go with Stephen Dorff's character, Deacon Frost, from Blade, just for attractiveness. But then I want to transport to True Blood, and I want to be with Eric Northman as my vampire daddy progeny creator, because I think he takes better care of his vampires. Ooh. Then Stephen so, Dorff does. Yes. So long term, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would rather be in the world of Eric Northman because he takes good care of Pam. 
Like he that's takes good, good care of his vamps. So that's that's where I'm going. Interesting. Susie, he can I can be your daddy vampire. Put it, put his little things in you. Little, huh? Oh, sorry. You know, it's not the size of the prize. That's true. It's the the fangness with the bangness. I don't know. It's how you use the bangness. Susie, when you recover, you let me know what vampire you want to see their teeth into you. Oh, okay. This is this is mm, this is a three way tie. So this could go to either one of these. I, I'm not picky. It could be either Alira, Verona, or Marishka, who are Dracula's brides from the Van Helsing movie, because those ladies are just campy as all hell, and they're so overdramatic. I would just want to get bitten by them and just hang out and be like, so ladies, what's, what's the chaos for today? What are we doing? What menace are we causing? Yes. Let's go. I'm not babysitting, though. Not for those thousands of Dracula babies. No. <laughs> That's off the table. I'm dead to hang out, not babysit. That's where I draw the line. Uh, well, and I say it every time I rewatch this movie, Colin Farrell can bite me anytime he wants to. So Colin Farrell in the remake of Fright Night. So I do hate your name. Jerry is a horrible name for a vampire. But we can work with it. Colin Farrell, I just want to say on a little thing here, the fact that it took so long to cast Colin Farrell as a vampire is bizarre to me because Colin Farrell is like exudes sex to me. I think he just he walks around and I just think that's sex. No, no, like I get it. No, I, watching the like, so I just watched the the remake of Fright Night today before the the pod and. And I was like, wow, that was the first time I've ever found myself attracted to that man. I was like, ooh, do I want to get bitten by Jerry? <laughs> Jerry? Jeremiah? All right. So on that note, <laughs> let's move to someone else who has also played some sexy vampires. In Hotel, Mr. Finn Whitrock did play lovely Tristan, which everybody knows I love Tristan so dang much. And uh, he also played Rudolph Valentino as a vampire. You know, I didn't know that about Rudolph Valentino, but apparently Rudolph Valentino was a vampire. <laughs> Did everybody if you think about know? it, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> it tracks. Uh, anyway, so um, I know Sasha did not. So Susie, did you come up with a Six Degrees of Finn to any vampire movie? He was an American Horror Story Hotel. That's not a vampire movie, though. <laughs> I don't, then I don't. That's, that's all I was going to use. <laughs> oh, man. Susie got voted oh, off of Finn no. Island. Voted it was a good run. Oh, yeah, I'll just send my condolences. <laughs> wow. May I have to remove you from the private DM. So, I did my homework because I love Finn, unlike. Susie, apparently. <laughs> so I used um, the Fright Night remake. This was really, really, really like boom. So Finn was in Winter's Tale with Colin Farrell. So there you go. And in the original, William Ragsdale was in an episode of CSI Miami. And so was Finn. So there you go. 
So thank you to all my panelists, even Susie, even though I'm not sure I'm going to let her back in the Finn crew. But <laughs> no, I think she might be. She's probably going to be on our, our live stream tonight because by this time I will have forgiven her. So I want to thank my panelists, though. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot lighter than I thought this episode was going to end up being. And I actually kind of appreciate that. And the puns we came up with is amazing and the little <laughs> tangents we went on. So, Carla, I know you have done an episode about uh Interview with a Vampire, right? Speaking of vampires. Didn't yes, you? we did. Yes. We did. Yes. On we your, played with on, Yes, on your podcast. So let everybody know about that episode and then also just your podcast in general. Yes, thank you. You can find the podcast Bedwitter Up Ahead, wherever you find podcasts we did do an episode on uh interview with a vampire if you're also just feeling generally spooky we did one um horror hunks in which aaron participated and that was um freddy krueger michael myers and jason Voorhees. that was a great fun episode to check it out um you can look for us on twitter at bed wet bed pod i was gonna say todd which makes no sense <laughs> It's almost like saying, you know, not Jerry. Um, you can find us on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod. Other social media, look for Bed.wet.behead podcast. You can also look for me and my wit and stuff on both Twitter and Instagram at Carla Temis, or just look for my website, carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S.com. Awesome. Thank you. And Sasha. Yep. You can find me on the Instagram at vegan geek chick. You can see all the books I've been reading, all of my shenanigans. You can also get the link to my dumb dog, also known as the rabid wiener, the raging idiot, the moron on four legs, the meatball. I don't know. Lots of other things. He's linked in my bio. And Susie, also known as the shame. <laughs> Where can they find you? Well, they can no longer find you in the in the Finn Crew DM, but <laughs> oh, I got a tent. Oh my god, I got a tent to these burns because ooh, these are like third degree skin peeling. Oh who has aloe vera? <laughs> but you can find Susie curled up in the fetal position crying yeah in the puddle of my tears <laughs> but you know if you want to look at for me in other places other than the corner of shame it can be found on instagram <laughs> at the underscore crafting underscore cryptid and within my instagram bio is also i also have my dog's instagram linked the furry fury himself known as benny underscore pedlisita yeah Awesome. Yes. And correction, because I will lose my Finn card. Finn has played a vampire three times because he played Harry Gardner in the last season of American Horror Story. So shame, 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 especially since that was the one that turned us all into fanatics. So... <laughs> so, uh, so we are both living in shame, Susie. Um, but you can follow me on Twitter and shame me if you want to at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. 
Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on this show, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I really want a vampire on the show, but you know, Hey, any of these actors who've played vampires want to come on and talk to us and, Feel free to reach out to me <laughs> via our website. It's a fandomthinkpod.com. Click the contact us. That'll shoot me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Um, and then also while you are over there, go to the page that I swear will be updated hopefully by the time this drops uh, called Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock and play Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock for a chance to win some merch. And the things you're going to connect Finn to is any Nightmare on Elm Street movie, any Friday 13th movie, any Halloween movie and any Scream movie in six degrees or less, and you may win some merch. And also, we are continuing our horror trivia month as well. So this Friday, October 15th, join us at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time over on our YouTube and Facebook for our night two, which is television horror. And right now, we have Tiff and Rebecca. And I'm not sure if there's going to be other people as well, but I will let you know the categories that we are playing with are 80s and 90s television. We are playing with Stranger Things. We are playing with Mike Flanagan, who is just an amazing, amazing, one of the best gifts to horror around. And then we're also, of course, of course, it's Ryan Murphy's universe and I'm trapped in it. So we are going to be doing, of course, that's another category will be Ryan Murphy. So tune in. And what we've been doing is if the panelists, if the contestants, excuse me, do not get the trivia question right, if none of them do, then it is open for viewers and audience members. So you could win some prizes as well. So I will let you know when certain things have been completely done, but that'll be going on. So, and you can Google the answers. So it's not, it's not that hard and that's free. So you have a chance. So, and on our next episode, we are finishing up vampires with talking about, oh my God, my panelists are totally throwing me. I, <laughs> uh, we are going to finish up uh, vampires with a look at the lost boys. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.